0: To put it lightly, I'd, I'd say I was just a really big jerk. And <laughs> um, then, uh, when I was about, when I was twenty years old, I—well, when I was nineteen, I went to—I transferred schools, and that—that that helped. I went to a different college, and I met some new people. And then that summer, I actually went to Denver ah. and lived with some cousins, ah. and. I went to uh, a big box store, I went to a Target, I think, and bought just the cheapest bike I I could afford, Yep. and I I just started riding it every day.
1: This episode of the Benham Bikes podcast is brought to you by Dr. Squatch Natural Soap for Men. Let's face it, chaps, after a long day in the saddle, we stink. Now you can upgrade your shower game with Dr. Squatch natural soap. You want to smell like the forest, there's pine tar. You want to smell like the sea, there's nautical sage. And if you want to smell like you just got off a boat in the Caribbean, there's bay rum. Visit drsquatch.com, that's d-r-s-q-u-a-t-c-h.com for more detail. And now to this week's episode of Bed and Bikes.
0: You're listening to Ben & Bikes with your host, Ben Lockett. This podcast is about bikes, but more about the people who ride them and their stories, and less about frame size, shock technology, or even the Tour de France. This is Ben & Bikes, where every bike tells a story.
1: Receiving feedback from listeners is one of the most rewarding things about producing the Ben & Bikes podcast. It's a double bonus when those people want to share their bike story with me on the show. Back in June of 2017, I spoke with Robert Raymond about his experiences commuting to work in Florida, and you can find this episode on my website, benandbikes.com. Today, I'm joined by Sam Campbell from Illinois, Uh, Sam reached out to me via Twitter with the following message. I might have a story to tell about bikes, my own story about riding, changing my life and my experience being on the lower end of the income spectrum, but still riding all the time. Sam has just got back to Illinois from Togarty Lodge, uh, where he was working during the summer uh, and his contract has just expired. He now finds himself. Uh, back in, in Illinois. Uh, uh, Sam Campbell, welcome to the Ben and Bikes podcast.
0: Hi, it's good to be
1: here. Uh, it's really good to have, have you here. Um, Togati, is that the correct pronunciation?
0: Yeah, I think that'll do.
1: <laughs> how how should I pronounce it perfectly?
0: I think uh, normally they pronounce it Togity. Just...
1: So uh, Togity, is yeah. that right? All right. Uh, next time I say it, I will try and try and do it even better than the last one. Uh, having an English accent, I don't think do, it doesn't, does not help uh, very much at all. Uh, so where are you talking to me from today?
0: Uh, I'm currently in Illinois, about <clears throat> about uh, 45 minutes east of St. Louis, Missouri. Got it.
1: And uh, when did you wrap up things in uh, in
0: Wyoming? Um, I ended on uh, October 11th.
1: Okay,
0: I've been back for almost a week. Okay,
1: Uh, would you prefer to spend more time in Wyoming or in Illinois?
0: Uh, Wyoming is just beautiful. Yeah, for about three months out of the year, (laughs) it's just a a mountain of snow, literally.
1: Right, and um, people on the podcast, of course, won't won't know this because they can't see you. Uh, but when we were talking before, and we we're on a video conference here, I see that you have a uh, a Jackson Hole uh, shirt on. Does that mean that you got to uh, ride or ski or spend some time out there?
0: Uh, yeah, I, I spent some time in Jackson Hole. I was living about an hour from from Jackson Hole.
1: Right. Uh, if you uh, listeners, if you Google Toggedy. Uh, you will see some absolutely gorgeous pictures. I'll put some on the website uh, for this episode, uh, but there are some absolutely gorgeous views of the Grand Tetons uh, fr- from there, um, and it looks an absolutely glorious part of the world. But before we, uh, we jump into that, Sam, uh, tell, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself.
0: Um, <clears throat> I'm a 38-year-old man. I'm originally from Illinois. I lived in Illinois for about 18 years and then just started traveling as much as I could. Uh, After that, uh, I started writing when I was about... I started writing seriously when I was about 20. Uh So for about half my life now. Right. Um, And how did you end up in Wyoming? Um, I ended up in Wyoming uh, from working for a company that, uh, provides a lot of, um, services to national parks ah, okay, and they have, uh, they have a location in Wyoming. And so I, I just went from one, I went from Utah to Wyoming. Okay. From the same company. Um,
1: what do you do for a, a day job in Illinois?
0: Uh, in Illinois, I actually I just kind of do odd jobs, uh-huh. um, just kind of living in the the gig economy as they call it. <laughs> That's
1: good. Uh, any any gig in particular, or will you will you take whatever's thrown
0: at you? Uh, I usually just kind of take whatever's thrown at me. I kind of like to work with my hands, so a lot of you know yard work here and building a building a deck yep. for somebody there and. Yep. Yeah, I have a I got a lead on a job working for a, a bed and breakfast potentially just uh, basically just be doing odd jobs there yep um,
1: so I, I and when you are in Wyoming at the togaty Lodge what what uh, what are you doing for them there similar things um, my job title
0: there was a uh, night quarter okay uh, which which meant that I, I really just kind of carried around the radio and and then carried luggage for people <laughs> when, they, when they needed that or or you know gave somebody some extra coffee when they needed one of that or, or yourself
1: given the fact that you were working uh, over the overnight
0: yeah
1: uh, and uh, to give a bit of a shout-out to, to the lodge tell tell us a little bit
0: about about what what happens there um, it's a it's a really cool place they have uh, <clears throat> they have a lodge. I forget how many rooms they have. I want to say 30 something lodge rooms. It's kind of a smaller lodge. And then they have, uh, uh, I want to say close to 50 cabins. Uh I should know more precise numbers, but and then the summer, it's a lot of a lot of um, a lot of tourism geared towards the national park. It's really close to Teton National Park and also close to Yellowstone, I guess. And then in the winter they have uh, a snowmobile season that's
1: yep. geared towards snowmobiles. Yeah, it sounds it sounds uh, idyllic. I've, I've also seen some pictures of it, and it looks like a great place to to stay um, for families or uh, whatever else you want to do there, I suppose. Uh, but you also told me that it uh, it sits right on the Continental Divide Trail and the Trans Am Trail as well. Um, yeah. Uh, so I assume you get a lot of people transiting through on on those trails.
0: Yeah, I'm not exactly sure about where where the trails are, but and and where it where it sits. But we would have people coming through, especially at the start of the summer, right? That were on both on both trails.
1: Yep. So, uh, it's, Sam, let's let's talk about your your biking. What what type of Biking? Do you do you like to do? What have you been doing for twenty years on a bike?
0: Well, I, I, I started first just riding um, whatever I could get my hands on, like whatever bike I could I could get. I started with like a um, a really cheap mountain bike, and then uh, and then I started road biking after that when I was about twenty five, ah. and I do primarily road biking now.
1: Uh, interesting so uh, you would think uh, that based in that glorious part of the world uh, for two or three months out of the year that mountain biking would be uh, would be your passion yeah. um, but having said that I would guess that the road biking up there must be phenomenal
0: yeah they're both really really great um, the road biking I can I can speak to that it's just infinitely better than anywhere I've ever been. I haven't really ridden in a lot of different places, but um, it's it's really great. You can, let's see, to compare it to, to Illinois, riding into the wind here in Illinois, and the, and the rain, and the just right. flat cornfields right. everywhere, it's, it seems like it takes about two hours to do 15 miles and in Wyoming when I first like this year when I first got on the road I kind of looked at my phone and realized I had ridden like 30 miles and it didn't you you just didn't notice it because everything's so beautiful.
1: I'm taking a break from the Benham Bikes podcast to tell you more about Dr. Squatch Natural Soap for Men. Made with natural ingredients from the earth like oils, plants, goat's milk, Greek yogurt and oatmeal. Turn your post-ride shower game up to 11 and get ready to get out of the shower feeling alive. Ship straight to your door, 100% satisfaction guaranteed. And if you sign up for monthly automatic soap delivery, you'll get free shipping on all orders. Visit drsquatch.com. That's D-R-S-Q-U-A-T-C-H dot com for more details. And now back to this week's podcast. You you had contacted me about the fact that uh, on a subject which is near and dear to my heart, which is the fact that uh, biking to many people can feel a little intimidating for a number of reasons. Um, One of those is the cost of of buying the bike, maintaining the bike, buying equipment, etc., so how have you managed to solve for that
0: um i i do i i kind of just scrimp a lot yeah I don't, I don't um i don't really have a lot of i guess i i got kind of lucky at first and i happened to live in an apartment building that had previously been occupied by someone who was a road cyclist and they they left one of their bikes in the basement and just said, anybody who wants it can take it. And <laughs> it, it wasn't, um, it wasn't the best bike. It was an old, um, I think it's pronounced Gitan I, I don't know. A really old French bike steel okay. yeah. road bike. And, but he had maintained it really well. Right. And so I kind of had a leg up in, in that department. Um, and that's that's how I got into road biking.
1: Really, that's that's yeah. fantastic. So you you literally just moved into an apartment, and there was a free bike waiting for you in the basement. Uh, that is that that's like the definition of fate, right there.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was. It needed uh, some new tires, but sure, um, it was ready to ride. Like basically, right at that point, I just put air in the tires and then kind of. Figured I should replace them eventually, but.
1: And and at that point, had you ridden? I mean, you may have ridden bikes, but had you had you been passionate about bikes
0: up to that point? Um, I had been passionate about the idea of bikes, yep. um, and having a bike, and it was usually just uh, for commuting. That um, just made more sense to have a a bike than to have a car.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's that's right. And do
0: you still have the same bike? I still have that bike. Um, it changed. It changed a lot. I still have the frame, right. and I'll probably keep it for probably forever. I think. But
1: yeah, and so is that the only bike you have, or you now have more than one bike?
0: I, I now have more. I've, I've a, like most cyclists, I've managed to gather quite a collection. <laughs>
1: that makes me laugh because you're absolutely right um there is um uh, a very famous group of uh people called the Velominati. i don't know if you've heard of them yeah i've heard of it okay so the volomanati have the rule of uh the correct number of bikes is n plus 1 and uh you are definitely living living and proving that to be absolutely true
0: yeah yeah um, absolutely it was um, it was all I could do to not, because much of my summer was spent sort of budgeting and, and trying to to get a new better bike. <laughs> and it, was, it was it was really hard for me to not.
1: You 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 know you're not you're not doing my case any any good here, mate. Because uh, we were we were talking about you know how to make biking less expensive, and you seem to be <laughs> doing something. Completely opposite to that, which which is which is music to my ears to a certain extent, uh, and, and makes me giggle because uh, and no no matter what your uh, socio-economic background, uh, if you ride a bike, you always want and will get another one. <laughs>
0: yeah, I, I think I think before, about a year ago, I would have I would have disagreed with you there, but I've I've been more passionate about buying bikes than I am about riding
1: them lately. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, what you're going to say is, uh, if you if I'd asked you that question last year, you would have disagreed with me, but then you went out and bought another bike is what you're trying to say. Right.
0: Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> uh, that's, that's awesome. Now, uh, I hope I'm, it's it's okay to ask you this question and I don't know whether, whether it's accurate or not, but when you're, you're, um, uh, your Twitter message intrigued me, uh, firstly on, on the, uh, on the cost side of things, because, you know, all joking aside, uh, you can get into riding a bike without spending too much money. There's, there's no doubt about that. And I do laugh at some of my friends who spend stupid amounts of money on the latest and greatest carbon bike with the latest and greatest components. Uh, and you need to tell them that it's the engine that needs improving and not the bike. Mm-hmm. Um, but but you also said that uh, writing had changed your life. I'm I'm intrigued by that. How how so?
0: Um, I was uh, growing up. I was a, a pretty unruly individual uh-huh. that I just didn't get along with anybody, and I I wasn't the kind of person to have a conversation at all, <laughs> let alone get to know anybody, and I. I think um you know i probably to put it lightly i I'd, I'd say i was just a really big jerk and um then uh when i was about when i was 20 years old i or when i was 19 i went to i transferred schools and that that helped i went to a different college and I met some new people. And then that summer, I actually went to Denver ah. and lived with some cousins. Ah. And I went to uh, a big box store. Big, uh, I went to a Target, I think, and bought just the cheapest bike I, I could afford. Yep. And I would, I just started riding it every day. I would go to, I would wake up, ride that bike to work. And then I would, ride after work, I would get on the bike and ride for about sometimes until the sun went down and sometimes just for a couple hours. But then when I went back to school, I was just, I, I could kind of tell at that point that I was a completely different person. Huh. Uh, I was more social. I was just a you know, nicer person. But I, I laughed more.
1: That's phenomenal. And, and you would attribute that to, to riding a bike? And, uh, and. I think
0: so, yeah. I, I mean, there were some other factors. Um, uh, like I said, going to a different school, um, and, and new friends, and spending time with family. Like out in Denver, um, we did a, a sort of exercise in one of the classes I was taking. And it's, it's an interesting story, because <clears throat> there was like a getting to know you exercise where you, you pair up and you, you have these questions you're supposed to ask and a lot of them were like if you could do anything anything what would it be like if you i'm not sure how exactly you would word the questions but like all the answers that i gave were like i would rather be riding my bike like and it got to the point where it was ridiculous the other people in the group started answering for me and they were like, oh, let me guess you'd rather be riding your bike right Like you know, pretty much um and and yeah so I, I think I would attribute it to yeah
1: what what do you what do you think is that aspect of riding bikes that you get out of out of it so much or what, what what would you what would you how would you categorize those
0: um I, I'd say it's probably free the freedom and the the meditative aspect to it of right just of being alone and free you know on a bike
1: do you find you're one of those people that, that has
0: your best thoughts while you're riding a bike? <laughs> I think sometimes um, I think I have a lot of good thoughts, but um, I think, I don't know. I, I can't really say if I have my best thoughts on a bike.
1: I, I, uh, I, I have spoken to uh, you as you, as you know, uh, a number of people on this podcast and um, sometimes you, uh, but I would say consistently people have said to me that one of the greatest things that they get about riding a bike is uh, you, you mentioned that meditative uh, um, space that you get into when you're riding a bike. And for some some people uh, that can mean different things. But for, for many people, it's uh, that they seem to be able to have their, their best thoughts. Uh, my, my last guest on my on my last podcast, uh, I asked her if she got any uh, any good ideas for jokes. She's a comedian. Uh, and she said she did, but she always forgot them before she finished the ride, which I thought was classic. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's, it just strikes me that being on a bike is um, it has tremendous benefits for, for many people. And, they man- and that manifests itself in, in different ways. Um, and, and that meditative state, uh, I think, can translate into many things for, for different people. But uh, I think that's a really good way of describing it for sure
0: yeah yeah i think that one thing about writing that i that i do enjoy is that when you when you have thoughts it's like meditation where you can let them go
1: right you have
0: you have to focus on writing you have to focus on the road you have to um you know if you're really into it you've, you've got things like cadence and, and power or whatever right. uh, but you can also you can also let your mind wander and then and then let those thoughts go so if it's if it is something stressful or anxious you can you can let it go and and forget about it
1: yeah
0: and get some some space
1: um what are the uh, how, how would you compare the uh, the driver the car drivers and the truck drivers in wyoming compared to illinois uh,
0: the uh, in wyoming in the summer a lot of the um auto traffic is uh, the tourists, right? And they drive very differently than, than people in Illinois. And um, it's some some days I would I would ride and, and just think it's awful. And I don't know why anybody would would want to drive like that. But the roads out there are, are a little different are a little better. And you can you kind of have more space. And in Illinois, I live in an area where if you don't have a, a massive truck that's loud, then you 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 shouldn't be on the road. <laughs> that seems to be the attitude around here. Right. Um and it's it's a lot different. The but Illinois has a, a decent network of, of back roads that I spend most of my time on. Right. Sure. Absolutely.
1: Are you gonna head back to uh,
0: to Wyoming next summer? Uh, I might. Okay. I'm not sure. Um, there's also uh, an opportunity in um, southern Colorado close uh, to Durango. Uh-huh. Yeah.
1: yeah, I am uh, coincidentally, I'm heading to Durango tomorrow. Oh, uh, my son goes to Fort Lewis, uh, the mm. un- university there. So uh, we're going down there to visit with him. And um, it is also the final uh, of the Colorado High School Mountain Biking Championship. Uh, uh, so there will be about a thousand kids riding their bikes uh, down da- down there. So I'm a big part of of that
0: uh, organization. That sounds great. I I I'm gonna confess my ignorance that I didn't I didn't really know that Durango was such a mountain bike capital yeah. until I guess about a year ago. Yep it's
1: it's actually turning itself into a a mecca for well it has turned itself into a mecca for all things outdoor um Mm. so uh yeah it's huge and in fact uh two of america's greatest uh international mountain biking sensations uh howard grotz and christopher blevins are both out of durango uh also Uh, so yeah, it's a it's a huge a huge mountain biking town. Um, so if you get a chance to do that, I would highly recommend it. You will love it down there.
0: Yeah, I think I think I will. Yeah, I'll try to to get out as much. I've I've been down to the area before, um, and there was a lot of river river sports. Yes, but I, and I was not really into that, but wow, well,
1: you. Give it a shot, man. <laughs> it did
0: look fun.
1: Yeah. Well, um, Sam Campbell, thank you very much for uh, spending uh, a little time with me this evening. It a fascinating glimpse into your biking uh, thinking. Um, and when I started this podcast, it was truly aimed at people who found riding bikes intimidating um, and, and found various reasons to, to not do it. Uh, I can't guarantee that if you look in your basement, you will find a free bike. Uh, but um, I uh, hope that Sam's story has helped you understand that uh, there is not a huge investment involved in getting into bikes and the benefits of, of doing it are, are significant. So, um, Sam, um, thank you very much for, for joining me. Uh, I hope to see you in, uh, in Durango at some time. Yeah, thank you. Um, have a, have a great night and we'll, we'll see you on the trail.
0: Great. Yeah, you too. Thanks. All right. You're listening to Ben and bikes with your host, Ben Lockett. This podcast is about bikes, but more about the people who ride them and their stories and less about frame size, shock technology, or even the Tour de France. This is Ben & Bikes, where every bike tells a story.